Hi guys, you're listening to Suddenly Sightless. We are back with another podcast. Uh, it is a little bit belated this time, but you are listening to Laura and Alex. Hello. And I just want to say something very quickly. Um, as you guys know, we do talk about mental health a lot on this podcast. Uh, and a few weeks ago, it was time to talk day. Uh, Laura talks very openly about her depression. We both talk quite openly about our anxiety. Um, but recently, I have been diagnosed with depression and uh, I've been struggling quite a lot the past few weeks. Um, <laughs> and Laura's just put unicorn glasses on. <laughs> So yeah, um, the thing that I wanted to say is a massive thank you to Laura for being the weird and wonderful person that she is, putting on you know weird comes before wonderful, <laughs> of course, um, and for putting up with my little, you know, depressive days and depressive moments, and for just genuinely being there, backing up when I needed her to, and being there when I needed her to. Um, so a very big thank you to Laura. <laughs> I've already done much. Yes, you <laughs> have. Okay. You've done more than you think that you have <laughs> just by being my friend. Aww. So, uh, gushing moments over. Over to Laura. <laughs> Hello. Um, yeah, so the past month, uh, me and Alex both took some time out to kind of focus on ourselves. We did try and keep on top of social media and interviews and things. But However just, hard that is. <laughs> it, it was really difficult when we were both in a position we didn't want to talk to anyone. So we do apologise for anyone that we've missed appointments with or interviews and we please do get back in touch with us and we'll we'll rearrange it was nothing personal it was just circumstances yeah <laughs> so one of the things that happened <laughs> um, in january was that i got to a point where i wasn't going very well at work so i took a step to hand in my notice um and then i got a blood clot and then i had a flu <laughs> so i wasn't very well um and then i left my job they say it comes in threes yeah so um it was it was a weird like kind of transitioning from being in employment to not and I've never not been in employment since I was 16 so 11 years and it's just a bit <laughs> a bit odd and I was saying to Alex you know I've had that bit of a what have I done moment but I've been trying to focus a lot on charity work and I did say once I if I left work I would throw myself into that so I've just been on the um R&IB young leaders training um, which I'm really excited about. So I'll be holding community groups in Birmingham for peer-to-peer -peer support and activities. And Alex will be there. Yeah. And if she doesn't <laughs> want to come, I'm going to drag her along anyway. Um, we will be doing, kind of getting everyone together, just having a chat, getting, you know, setting some kind of group rules, any kind of things people want to discuss, things want to raise. And then we'll kind of look at fun activities that we can do, like if you want to go to a theme park or if you want to go skiing, I don't know. And we can look into like <laughs> organising um I really can't remember where the place is, but I will find out. I used to go to um, summer school when yeah. I was like maybe 15, 16. And we went on a fun day to this place. And it's like a skiing simulation. No, don't think it was quite that. It was something else. But they've got like um, this like simulated slope where you can ski oh. down. And I mean, it, it was quite funny watching me do it. Well, there I we like go. Kermit the frog, <laughs> frog, but we can do that. Well, there's um, an idea. But yeah, um, yeah, and we'll yeah. So I hope that some of you come along to that and get involved in community work with me. Um, and from that, I joined the RNIB. I was offered a chair on the committee today. <laughs> So hopefully I'll get some input into the things that are going to be going on. Lots of positive change and just kind of keep myself busy, really. But we're still going to do this. And I think everyone will agree that we are all very, very proud of Laura for taking those positive steps because I think it is amazing. Oh, and Laura has pink hair. Oh, yeah, pink hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I was like, oh, my God, she is a unicorn. Yeah, I yeah. think I went through, like, a quarter life crisis. <laughs> <laughs> like, I left my job, dyed my hair pink, and I'm thinking of getting another tattoo. She's gonna get mm. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Not that far. I think my husband would appreciate that. Well, we could always go and get tattoos together because I want to get more tattoos done, um, but I can't be asked to go on my own. And Scott told me not till after the wedding, so we could always do something like that. What? Before the wedding, not between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really but uh, yeah, if uh, I missed the opportunity for the training because I just completely forgot it was on, but um, if it if it comes around again, I am definitely going to be doing that. So you might see me and Laura pushing the bandwagon. Yeah. You can't see me pushing, but I am. <laughs> She's pushing. <laughs> um, but no, it would be really good to kind of get out there more and we are still holding an event at 
Birmingham Vision on April the 20th. Yeah, we are we, going to be painting your faces once again. We are, <laughs> and we're doing a Through the Seasons extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to sit down and work out what that is. <laughs> and then <laughs> and we are going to Queen Alexandra College on the 17th of April to talk to those ladies about the confidence and makeup. Yes. That's going to be really fun. And it's named after me. It's not, but it's probably older than 25. You can wear a crown. I'm going to. Hello, I'm Queen Alexandra in your college. When I did... Um, Smack the thing. When I did my um, my training with the RNIB, I was like, do we get t-shirts? I was like, wait, I want a cape. And I am adamant I am going to get an RNIB cape. So anyone from the RNIB listening, please get me a cape. Um, yeah. I, I'm like I'm gonna be like super volunteer. Oh my god, you should have it printed with Laura and Ivy. <laughs> Laura, oh my god, Alan Ivy. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Laura, national idiotic blind girl. <laughs> no. Well, then can mine be Alex, national idiotic blonde? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so oh, I okay. want a cape. Um, and other than that, we've been we've still been in and out of our meetings, site of council. Yeah, definitely. Lots of exciting projects coming and working on things and I tell you what's funny when you're going through this whole depressive blip and you're like I'm going to carry on life as normal because the worst thing you can do is let things get on top of you and not do it so I thought right I'm going to go to that meeting I'm going to be myself and you know I'm, I'm not going to let depression stop me and the first thing people said to me was you're alright you don't see yourself and I was like shut up and then oh god Drew came up to me and he was like come here you don't see yourself and he gave me a big squeezy hug and then I burst into tears <laughs> so that was funny so I think sometimes that's the worst thing <sighs> it's you kind of want it you want to put that facade on yeah. and you want to go out and about and and it just stopped you sometimes. But I am glad that it didn't. That I didn't let it stop me. Um, no. I was a little bit late, although I think that's their fault because Laura texted me at twenty five past ten. Said they've started the meeting, and I was like, "What? I'm five minutes away. It's not meant to start for five minutes." But I, I am glad that I went there. I didn't let it stop me, and we got to meet Roy. I really can't remember Stevens, his last name. Yeah, Roy Stevens, and um, yeah, he was talking about gyms and um, keeping exercise and things like that. So I, think uh, I switched off a little bit. I did a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but however, um, we I have raised that like I did raise about like yoga and stuff like that, and yes. I think there's some progress on I that. I love front. yoga. I do that at home because my TV has the ability to connect to YouTube, mm. and I can just search yoga, and I'm away. Well, <laughs> Until yoga, the grass cutters knock through my window, and they're like, "What well, is she doing?" You have a grass cutter. Well, I live in a a block of flats. <laughs> And um, we we have, it's kind of management, not, and landlords, so they have, like, people to clean the block and people to cut the grass and all this, blah, blah, blah. Mm. And because I'm on the ground floor, they're cutting the grass on this, like, ride-along mower, and they look through, and if they spot me looking, they wave at me. And I'm like, what are you doing? I I can't just, not that I do, but if I wanted to, I can't walk around naked in my flat. I would anyway, scare them off. What are you saying? I love like? <laughs> No, no. <laughs> Do you know what? I, I bought, um, you know, you can buy hair extensions. Yep. And I bought this thing. It's the, called the Messy Bun Bobble. And it's basically got, um, it's a bobble, but it's got like messy tufts of hair on it. So when you tie your hair up, it looks like a big messy bun. Yeah. <laughs> I showed Scott and he said it looks like a merkin. For those of you that don't know, a merkin is, for lack of a better word, a fanny wig. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Don't Google it, please. Don't Google so it. So moving on from Merkins, um, <laughs> this I um, put that on and scare the cats. <laughs> we have had um, a few, obviously, national days. Um, we've had suicide awareness, we've had mental health day, um, which we both kind of took time to reflect on and work on ourselves. Um, in April, it is Stress Awareness Month, so we're going to try and do something around that. Um, yeah, and uh, it's definitely going to be Stress Awareness Month for me because it'll be a few months from my wedding. Yes, <laughs> scared. Most stressful time. So we'll talk about um, tips and how you can help yourself stay stress free. And even though I am like, a, I was a giant ball of stress, so firsthand I can, yeah, offer some tips. But definitely. I should have really listened to them myself. <laughs> but you know, we, you know, 
as we said, we took some time to reflect for ourselves and that's why we're back here today um, because, you know, it's good for you guys to listen to our sunny selves on podcast. No one wants to listen to a podcast where we're like, <laughs> life is suffering. Yeah, and because, you know, this is a hobby for us as well, so we it took is. some time out it and really now helps. we're back. I, it does really help. I was saying to Laura, like, I don't want it to sound cheesy and cliched, but this is sort of my escape. This is where I feel like... You know, it's kind of like an out-of-body experience. You're kind of watching yourself and thinking, "There you go. That's your, you know, that's yeah. the thing you should be getting on with." And and it's wonderful to know that all you lovely lot are listening to us as well. So mm-hmm. thank you for all of your support. And uh, back to Laura's fabulous week. <laughs> um, I did speech today. She did. Yeah. Did I spoke about how uh, a little bit about my sight loss story and about how it. How engaging with other people and um, involving myself in community activity and trying to push, like for example, with the podcast and with the groups and stuff we're part of and the councils that we're on, how that has helped us and hopefully more people will get involved and get into the volunteer sector and try and just increase awareness and inclusivity. So. I did a whole speech about that, <laughs> and I made my mum cry. <laughs> she was like, oh. But I think it was good to take my mum with me today yes. because she got to hear and see firsthand the problems that people with sight loss have. Yeah. And so I do recommend highly, if you've got family members that are struggling to understand, take them along to these forums with you or get them to listen to it, like recordings of people's stories because it can be really eye-opening yeah definitely um, and so today yeah it went, went really well um i was like a ball of jelly i was like <laughs> I, I, even though like i couldn't like see who was there in the room it was still like my legs were just like nope nope is, don't want you to do this laura <laughs> that is one thing and i i often think to myself uh if i had to stand up in front of a load of people now could I do it? Because I wouldn't really be able to see anyone. So I think, oh, I might be okay. But I just think I would probably freeze a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I did keep stopping, but I did have, like... I did write my speech out. Yeah. So I had to... Like, I kept referring to it. I, <laughs> but I, I was like, <laughs> I'm really sorry I have to keep doing this. But my mind just goes blank. And like, I can hardly remember what I spoke about. But no one's going to expect you to be, like, Theresa May level. And, I mean, even she struggles... Hey. I, I put her, I put myself up there today, and I've got to do it again. Yeah, but I knew you, I knew you'd smash it. I mean, look at the way you put yourself forward on at the site last council meetings, and if it helps, just imagine you're bollocking me for my timekeeping <laughs> <laughs> because you you usually do. <laughs> I'm joking, she does. I'm sorry, I do. I'm joking, <laughs> but um, no, no, it was it was really good to do that, and I'm doing it again for an R and I B event fundraising thing more information to follow but um <laughs> yeah if anyone's got any tips for public speaking please let me know um have you ever seen made in manhattan yes yeah so have you seen the bit where oh what's his name i think it's ray fines and he tells that little kid about um how he keeps a paper clip in his pocket and he imagines it like a magnet drawing the nerves out of his body and i've often wondered i wonder if that would work that just sounds really long-winded well, I'd rather just keep like a chocolate could, bar in my pocket and no, just snap all that, like, for comfort. Keep a unicorn in your pocket. <laughs> I usually carry my rose quartz, don't I? And like, I have crystals that I carry around with me. Okay, when she says she usually carries them, <laughs> she, she was in A&E for this blood clot. She only needed a needle, but we still sat there for about six hours. Yeah. And she was holding this rose quartz and this clear quartz, and I was like, oh, at least that's keeping you calm. She never mentioned to me that she lost them. <laughs> And I about a week and a half later, I'm sat in the doctor's with my mum, and I went into my bag to get them, and I was like, Laura, have you lost something? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Laura, the weird and wonderful one, into holistic therapist. <laughs> <laughs> she got me a crystal chart board thing uh, for Christmas, um, and, you know, I need to start doing that more, but, mm-hmm. like, I just... I just think I'll set it up and then I'll lose all the crystals and that yeah. will like really irritate me. Do you know what I do? <laughs> yeah. Right, I have a collection of crystals and they all mean different things. I've got one for my health, one for like my thyroid, one for fertility, one for mental aware not not mental awareness, sorry, mental like keeping calm and yeah. relaxed and I put them mental all mental state, on, let's say. Yeah, and I put them all on my windowsill in the living room. It's gonna sound really sad. Put them all on my windowsill and in my head 
all these little rocks are absorbing the sunshine. Yeah. So then whenever I'm having a problem that relates to any of those crystals, like say if my thyroid's acting up, I'm losing my hair or I'm yeah. gaining weight, then I'll carry that rock around with me and all the positive energy from the sun, <laughs> no, all no, the no, positivity <laughs> and the energy from the sun then makes me feel happy and it's like this little charged oh, rock. Oh, I need to it's do like, that. <laughs> I know it sounds really tough, but that helps me. No, but that's, that is actually the base of um, charting and crystals yeah. and things like that. And if it helps you, then who the hell can knock that? It's like that? I literally got a pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know there's a song um, called Pocket Full of yeah. Sunshine and it usually goes, oh, I got a pocket, got a pocket full of sunshine. <laughs> so, yeah, anyone who is into crystals or anything, just... That is something that helps me. It's have a lot of yeah. health issues. So no, it does. It, it is helpful. It's really, really helpful, yeah. especially because a lot of them are sort of refined and polished, so they mm-hmm. feel really smooth, and it's really like calming. It does calm me down. And I love that noise when the, they clack the together. Yeah, that's that's probably your ASMR trigger. Yeah, yeah. So. so Yep, anyone who wants Whatever to know. Works for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's probably people listening to this that are like, I know crystals, and you do not, should not do that with crystals. But anyway. Either that, or someone's listening thinking, oh God, they've turned into hippies. That's <laughs> <laughs> why we're not doing anything illegal. <laughs> well, crystal meth. No, I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm yeah, joking. Yeah, we're not talking about crystals. That's why she left work. <laughs> there's more than drugs. <laughs> I did not leave work because I'm addicted to drugs. To be fair... Alcohol, maybe, but not drugs. <laughs> to be fair, she lives in Sally Oak and Scott once got offered Wonder Powder on in Sally Oak, otherwise known as crack, so... No, I'm joking. I'm yeah. really joking. I'm not a drug dealer. <laughs> and I live, in, I live in Sally Oak. I'm not associated with Weedy Castle, have you know? No offence to Weedy Castle. Okay, but he was in Sally Oak when he got offered it, so which is... <laughs> I don't believe him. Oh. <laughs> um, so, um... Carrying so on. now we've accused Laura of being a felon. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, um, we last podcast we recorded was for Ability for All, and we did an interview with them about how they're working um, within their within Aston University to try and increase um, increase awareness around disabilities. And we were speaking to forgive me, because I can't remember her first name. Um, but she was saying that she is visually impaired as well, and she's trying to get the student union. Um, involved and back in to form groups and from that I then spoke to a girl that we're in touch with in Australia. Now Re has a, a a number of conditions, she's had a number of surgery and her story is this one that it really hits you in the feels um, yes. <laughs> but she lives in this really quaint town where her her losing her sight has been like a learning curve for the community because yeah. it's such a small area and um, so I did interview with her and I'm really sorry it's taken us a while to get it out, but um, I'm just going to pop it in here. Yeah, sure. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Suddenly Sightless. Um, we have Rhiannon here all the way from Australia, um, and she's going to be talking to... Hi. Hi, Rhiannon. If you'd just like to introduce yourself to our listeners, that would be great. Absolutely. Hi, I'm uh, Rhiannon. I'm 17. I live in Australia. I have had three eye surgeries, which I'll touch on later, uh, and I basically have diplopia, which is permanent double vision, uh, which impacts very uh, lots of aspects of my vision. I have astigmatism, which impacts my vision also, uh, and I have what they call a ptosis and a lagopatholitis, which means my eyes don't open properly and they don't shut properly. Oh, no. Uh, so, yeah. It sounds like you've been through the wars. That's awful. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Um, where, where about are you based in Australia? Uh, I'm in a small country town a couple of hours from Melbourne. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So I'm um, yeah, in Victoria. Yeah. I've never been myself. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, Melbourne's sort of towards the bottom of Australia, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Lovely. Um, so... You, st- you said that you've had um, a number of surgeries. Um, was, mm-hmm. Were the surgeries to try and correct the issues that you're having with your vision? Yeah, so my first one I had when I was four. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I had a... Um, uh, my eyes were going outwards and they couldn't... Basically, if I didn't have this muscle surgery, they were going to stay that way and my vision, um, I'd be blind essentially in a few years uh so 
I had the surgery and it was perfect. Everything worked out great for about 10 years. Right. Um, I, yep, didn't have any vision problems at all that I noticed. Uh, I, I got glasses. Yeah. Um, only because my vision was getting worse. But other than that, there was no uh, significant double vision problems or any kind of ache or eye strain. Um, and then I noticed I was starting to see two of these, um, which was making school slightly difficult. Yeah. It wasn't all the time, just occasionally I would start to see two of things. Um, so I went back to the optometrist yeah. and they said I'd see an ophthalmologist and so on and so on. I saw many different specialists and they essentially said I should have another surgery. So I said, okay, I'll have another surgery with my, you know, my mum was there as well and she said, that's a good idea. So we went on the waiting list and had my second surgery when I was 13. Um, I'm 17 now. Yeah. And then that worked for about three months and then my eye went back again. It went lazy. Um, And then I noticed that I was getting even more double vision. So that surgery didn't really make anything better. Right. Didn't really make anything worse, but it wasn't better. So they said, okay, well, we'll try another surgery. <laughs> Which, yeah. talking like that, it sounds sort of um, nonchalant, but it felt very um, intense at the time. So they they said, okay, well, maybe we'll try to manipulate your other muscles in your eye. Yeah. Um, at this point, it was going to be scar tissue on top of scar tissue on top of scar tissue. So it was going to be very painful, but it felt like the right thing to do. So I went and had a third surgery in August of 2017. I was going to say last year, but 2017. Uh, And it didn't work at all. Uh, I noticed I was having double vision immediately after, uh, which was normal because that's what they say happens when you're recovering from that sort of surgery, um, you can get that. That happened for my second surgery as well, but it just never went away. Um, uh, and yeah, a few months later, I went back to the ophthalmologist and they said that I had permanent double vision, which was a side effect from the surgery. Okay. Which I knew I was into. Um, but yeah, here I am. <laughs> oh God, I'm so sorry. It sounds like you've been through a really awful time. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, it's been a long journey for you as well. Um, how have you been getting on at school? Because um, I know you had some exams coming up. Yeah, yeah. No, um, school's been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything up until about the last surgery, my teachers hadn't noticed anything major. Okay. Uh, and yeah, so it wasn't until I noticed that I was seeing double a lot more. Um. So I had the surgery and then after that last one, I was really struggling at school because when you see two of everything and you're reading, my mm-hmm. eyes can't stay on the same line. Yeah. So it was quite difficult to read novels and my eyes were very strained, which would give me migraines and fatigue. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then I also noticed I had a terrible sense of depth perception, mm-hmm. um, which is again from the double vision. Um, but crossing roads and my mobility was awful. Um, the school handled it quite well after I had the surgeries. They sent me to get an EVAC assessment, which is an educational visual assessment, clinic assessment. Okay, and what does that? Yeah, so they send us to the, Victor- the Royal Eye Hospital in Melbourne, which is the best one in the state, and they basically take us through every test that would... Uh, and get, write a report about every aspect of my vision. Okay, and so, the, the school arranged that for you? They did, yes. That, so, that's good. Uh, along with the education department, they sent me there, they accommodated all the costs and everything, um, and they ended up sending me a report, which was great, uh, with everything that had happened for my eyes. And then from that, the school has uh, also sent me with an aid, a visual aid, Okay, and what, what um, aid is that, if you don't mind me asking? No, of course. Uh, she basically helps me. Her name's Wendy. Oh, okay. She helps me. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> she, um, 
she helps me with different technology uh, to help with accessibility yeah. in my technology. Um, she helps me with uh, special provisions for my exams. She okay. basically facilitates everything that I need through the school with my teachers and my principal without me needing to do it. Oh, that's fantastic. I bet it that... Is. and she also... Yeah. But that's taken some of the burden off you as well. Like, cause I know sometimes it can be really hard to, you know, approach people and ask people for the things that you need and you're unsure if they can accommodate. So having Absolutely. Wendy there has really helped. Oh, yeah, she's great. Um, it, she's also works with the Statewide Vision Resource Centre here yeah. in Australia, which helps us with getting uh, typed versions of novels. So I can put on my dictation and things like that to really relieve the stress of my eyes. She's also really helpful because she understands my full condition and she knows what will help and what might not necessarily be as useful. Yeah. Uh, so it's great, like you said, to talk to the principal and the teachers without me feeling a need to do that or because it's, yeah. Yeah, it, it can be quite stressful. I, I mean, I've, I've been in similar situations with employment. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't, I don't think I'd ever be able to kind of go back to university or college now and study. I just, and so I think you should be really, really proud of yourself for doing so well and being able Thank to you. access the things that you need. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. I mean, and, and your, your journey is just incredible. You've been through yeah, a lot. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I appreciate that. I really do because, it, you know, it's not easy. I know that I do want to go on and study in university and I know yeah. that's not going to be easy. Um, Hello? The accessibility oh, I've been taught is going to be a lot easier than I would have anticipated maybe a year ago. Yeah. Um, I'm very, uh, I'm it... very grateful that I still have the opportunity. Yeah. Now, is it quite easy to know how to access these things or was it a case of having this assessment and being directed in the right direct well you know being sent in the right direction yeah no absolutely so when we had this evac assessment the ophthalmologist at the hospital uh essentially said we need you to do more tests um so they not only got me to do another you know multiple different clinics visit uh they told me to go and visit Vision Australia, they told me to go and see Guide Dog Victoria, they told me to talk to the National Disability Insurance Scheme. There was a multitude of different uh, pathways they were sending us, and my mum and I were so overwhelmed. Yeah. Um, and we really didn't know what the best thing to do was, and we were just sort of doing it uh, one thing at a time. But it was a lot easier to have someone to help us direct those sort of accessibility pathways um and it became quite generalized like my uh, i have a representative from the guide dogs association yeah who helps me with my mobility training um because my depth perception is so weak mm -hmm. um crossing the road and i fall over a lot and i'm running yeah. indoors and stuff like that um she really helps me uh be aware of my surroundings okay so that is within her um, Wendy, my visual aid, she helps me with things throughout the school and any kind of further schooling I want to look into. So she helps me with um, finding the university I want to go to, the disability liaison. Okay. She, um, she helped me talk to her and develop skills for what I'll need when I do go to university. Yeah. Um, That's really good. Are, yeah, no, it's, it's sort of become quite generalised within different pathways even though it felt really overwhelming a year ago yeah it's starting to all fall into place no no that's good and and i hope it continues that way and you can carry on and do the studying that you want to do um what has what have been your main barriers whilst you were you know when you were preparing for your exams was there anything that you kind of felt could be improved for say if there were other people suffering with sight loss in school is, was there any barriers that you came across you think could have, you know, easily not been there? <laughs> like changes that yeah, could have been know, made? Yeah, so uh, with the exams, uh, it was very new. Yeah. So my school is very small as I live in a country town. Um, and they haven't really had this 
a problem of someone having someone with a visual impairment before, to my degree. Um, so the idea of doing exams online was sort of scary to them mm-hmm. because they're also sourced, um, they're like corrected externally. So they didn't want to do anything that was going to benefit me further than the other students. But they also wanted to make sure that I was on an even playing field as yeah. such. So it was really hard finding that balance. I think they could have... They did really well for that first time. Um, last year was sort of a practice as such with the exams. I did lots of different... Uh, they gave me a large A3 printed exam, which was twice the size of the other students. Yeah. And they said I could write my answers on that or I could type my answers on my computer because I didn't really know what I needed when I went into the exam it was hard for them to accommodate what I needed yeah yeah it's like a learning curve for both sides absolutely yeah because I needed to prepare for my exams um the best way I could without getting visual fatigue or getting tired or getting eye strain or migraines um I think the, t- the teachers were really, uh, they typed up all of my exams fairly and in a better font as such than someone, the other students, because I need sort of a basic font for certain things. Um, really simple things like they enlarged images on my exam so I could focus on that a lot easier. Yeah. And, and that- like the resolution. Yeah, I mean, the little things are usually the things that make the biggest difference. Uh, and oh, absolutely. And that's absolutely fantastic that they've done all that that for you. And it's going to put them in a place where they can improve things for, you know, if any other students come along, you know, absolutely. they're going to know how to deal with the situation. So that, that's absolutely fantastic. Um, that's great. Yeah, I think they probably could have done more in... Sorry, I think... Oh, sorry, I think I've lost sorry. you there. Oh, hello. Hi, can you just repeat that? <laughs> no worries. That. Um, yeah, I think probably could have improved the communication with the other students. Yeah. I think I felt uncomfortable that I was doing my exam separate because I was in another room uh, to everyone else and I had a separate supervisor and I had someone... Uh, they were sort of looking over my calculator so that they could read what was on that because I can't necessarily see what's on the calculator. Yeah. Um, they were doing things like uh, reading over things that I might not be able to necessarily do. Or, And I think the students felt uncomfortable because they felt that I was getting an advantage. Okay. Um, when really, yeah, I just felt better on my own because I did have a bigger piece of paper and I... I needed, yeah, my computer and things like that. Um, But other than that, I think as far as a trial run, the school did really well. Yeah. um, Under circumstances they were given, yeah. Do you think that, you know, you were saying that the the students felt uncomfortable, has it affected your relationships with the students, do you think? Or has everyone been generally supportive? They are very generally supportive. As I said, I have a very small year level. And we're close with one another. Um, There there was definitely relationships that became different after they expressed their interest in the exams because I don't think it is their, their, I don't think it's their issue to worry about what I'm doing in my exam. No. The school that I'm I'm doing the best that I can do with, you know, this new impairment. And I, I did have a lot of anxiety around the whole Oh, definitely, yeah. Let alone with other students. So I don't think my relationships with the other students have been impaired drastically. I think I'm very close with all of my friends and they understand uh, to the best of their ability what's going on with me and how I need to take care of myself and not worry about what, you know, what they're doing and they don't need to worry about what I'm doing. No, and that's a Um, really good way to kind of, to look at it. I mean, that... It sounds like you're getting a lot of support, you know, at home, at school, and I'm guessing from when this all kind of started, like just over a year ago, you wouldn't think that the place you're at now was possible. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, no, it felt very scary. Um, 
I didn't even know if I could do my exams, let alone, you know, yeah. do well. No. So that's... Uh, well, it, you, you've done a lot. And like I said, it's, it's absolutely fantastic. And we... Um, we are going to be speaking to a, a company in England who are looking at um, improving accessibility over here um, for students. I mean, is there any kind of tips or anything that you think could be focused on in regards to, you know, improving accessibility to education? That's very, yeah, that's really great. Um, I think the education department, at least within Victoria, is... You know, I don't know every single in and out of it. I don't know how they facilitate yeah. certain accessibility or technology. But I think as far as my visual aid is concerned, like you said earlier, I've had, you know, a lot of the burden taken off of me. Mm-hmm. And I think when a student does have visual impairments, it's very difficult even with that with the other students and trying to fit in socially and trying to still do well within school to again put on all of the other issues that may come with exams or assessments so I think having that visual aid facilitate all the information through whatever department you will be developing to the actual student you know in a manner that makes sense yeah. is really important yeah um, definitely because the communication between the department and the student can become quite confusing especially if it's online or if it's through a phone call they might feel intimidated yeah, yeah. I think you really need to be with someone that you trust yeah that you can tell what you're struggling with and they can tell you how they can help that yeah yeah no, no that's fantastic I mean um I'm not sure whether in the UK have a support work um, like a support worker in place for at school I know they have like specialist schools and it'll be something that I'd have to kind of look into but this has kind of been like a really big eye-opener for me and I hope our listeners as well you know anyone struggling within education you know would you be happy to you know if they had any questions on how you've kind of dealt with things would you be happy for me to kind of send you you know direct anyone into your direction if that's okay oh, of course. absolutely if I can help anyone um, as long as you know that it's possible you know it's I had no idea that it was going to be this difficult you know even you know before that surgery it was I you know was just trying to it's hard enough being a student it's hard enough being 17 let alone having another failed eye surgery and telling you know having more pressure on you to do better and better and better when yeah you'll still trust trying to do your best I'd love to help anyone I can fantastic and you're so young as well and I I really (laughs) do wish you all the best for the future and we thank you so much for reaching out to us as well of course so um so yeah I appreciate it when I first sort of found everything I I was trying to find some sort of online support group or some kind of communication because I didn't know anyone with a visual impairment yeah I really didn't I didn't I was being thrown into a billion different directions and um, I was really overwhelmed and I felt really alone. And then I looked online and obviously this podcast came up and I've been talking to, you know, you girls and it's been really helpful for me. And I'm sure it's been, you know, helpful for you, but it's been making me feel less alone. So thank you. No, no, definitely. And that's that's kind of what we're, we're trying to do. I mean, over in the UK, there's not a lot of support for younger people with vision loss and... Yeah. After I met Alex, it was, you know, let, let's do something about this. Let's try and get it changed. And we're so grateful for the people that reach out to us. And especially if we can help people like yourselves, even if it's just emotional support, we are always yeah. there. So, you know, anything we can That's do right. to help, just reach out to us. <laughs> I will. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Great. I think it's great what you're doing. Fantastic. Well, thank you for speaking to us. Um, no worries. And, yeah, we just say... No, no problem at all. Thank you very much. So that was Rhiannon, uh, based in Australia. I'm really sorry if there, the signal kept dipping in and out and I was sitting on the computer from like six o'clock in the morning um, <laughs> because of the time difference. Um, so it was hard to um, sometimes with the signal. 
and the quality you uh, sound unbelievably chipper for six in the morning i'd had like two cups of tea i was so nervous so i was like <laughs> i need to drink lots of tea tea solves <laughs> everything um but yeah we just wanted wanted to say to rihanna you know we are here we're here for you and we're here for anyone else who wants to reach out to us and, and we're so grateful to you for reaching out to us yeah we are and we're glad to help anyone um and as you said you know it with the isolation that you feel as a younger person and, and I could only I can't even imagine how hard it would be not exactly. even knowing anyone with you know a sight impairment. And in such a quaint little town as well it's just you know you're an unbelievable inspiration and yeah. I hope you give massive credit to yourself yes um, because you know to some people what you've done is impossible and she just done exams as well so I was like oh and but no i still speak to um to rihanna and um she's she's doing okay i've reached out to her and just yeah. let her know that we haven't forgot about her interview so there you go <laughs> um and if anybody else wants to talk to us about anything in education that can be done or any kind of projects or ideas you've got just reach out to us and we'll put you in the right direction and take a talk to yeah yeah, we've got our fingers in lots of pies. <laughs> Pie. <laughs> so, um, moving on from the education point of view, um, Alex has some makeup tips for I you. I do, and I'm so excited. Okay, so um, I get a lot of people asking me how you do eyeliner, especially when you are part-sighted, blind, visually impaired, because mm-hmm. uh, it is very difficult to do even when you are sighted. My sister still can't manage it and she's 35. Is this liquid eyeliner or inner well, eyeliner? Well, top eyeliner. So yeah, liquid more than anything, but you can use like gels and things like that. So like on top of your eyelid? Yeah, like winged eyeliner and oh, okay. things like that. Um, Kiate have teamed up with a drag performer called Courtney Act and they have brought out uh, it's a double-ended eyeliner and it's called Stamp and Drag. And the idea is, on the one end, it's got a perfectly shaped flick stamp. Mm-hmm. So you stamp that on the end of your eye and get the perfect winged flick. And then you drag the line to meet up with it with the liquid eyeliner on the other end. So it's a pen with a very fine tip and then on the other end you've got, it's like a triangle almost shaped okay. stamp. Um, it is £15, you do get 20% off with their code 20WING or WING20, I will find out for sure. Um, but it is still £15 with your post. However, uh, Cult Beauty do this thing called the Vamp Stamp. Um, and it comes in large, medium, and what they call kitten, which is more of a natural flick. I read, I've watched a few YouTube reviews, and the medium one seems small enough for me, but it is still quite dramatic. I've obviously got smaller eyes than I thought. Um, that is a double-ended stamp, and it shows you left or right, but it's very tactile. It's rubber. Okay. You can paint that in any liquid eyeliner, or you can stamp it in a gel one, or cover it with a pencil, and that will stamp it onto mm. your eyes as well. That's normally twenty-five pounds. Oh. I got it for six pound fifty cult beauty however avon have now come out with their own version and that was i think it was three pound fifty or three pound it should normally be six but even so six is still you know affordable um and it also comes with you can buy the gel pots to go with it um so if you are struggling then give that a go see if that helps you know it's basically a template yeah um even if you're not very confident anyone can do it so i absolutely love it oh, that's brilliant i might have to give that a go i mean i am a a big cat Von D makeup fan yes, so i'd only wear cat Von D but you could eyeliner. buy the stamp and cover it with your cat Von D eyeliner and yeah. then you've got the perfect waterproof wing oh, that's good i might have to give that a stamp a good hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> um and i wanted to give a skin tip um, so over winter I suffered really bad eczema yeah. my skin's been really like pory and spotty and it's been really irritating me um, and I was having to look online at all these different like peels and I was like I don't want anything that harsh because of yeah. my eczema don't irritate it it's the worst thing you can do as well because your skin's more sensitive yeah. in winter um, so I've got a there's a lot of drops and things about at the yeah. moment and Superdrug are doing one uh, it's a vitamin C booster which is a dupe for the one at Ooh. the body shop the body shop is quite expensive, whereas this one is only four ninety nine, and you get a, it's quite a big bottle as well. And you literally just put three drops into your palm. Um, I use an um, a spray moisturizer, so I just yeah. put a tiny little spray of moisturizer, and then mix it in together and rub it on your face. And I do I'm that. I'm gonna try that <laughs> in the morning before I put my makeup on, and over the evening before I go to bed. And my skin has oh. felt so like supple and glowy. It does look really nice. It looks yes. really like. 
Mm-hmm. Smooth. <laughs> Don't my face. Um, so it's not the you know it's not gonna solve my spots and stuff, but it's it's yeah it's done my skin quite well. Yeah. So um, I have also followed a tip that you showed me before. Laura tagged me in an Instagram post where we use this thing called a Mac Paint Pot, and it's like a tinted clay that yes. primes your eyelids. And she tagged me in a post on Instagram where someone had used it on their nose, mm-hmm. and uh, it gets rid of all your pores and it smooths the surface and everything. And I love it because I do have large pores anyway, and it does minimise them. But also. I suffer really badly with hay fever, colds, you know, my nose will just start running at yeah. the drop of a hat. And, you know, I hate blowing my nose because it wipes off all my makeup, but it's really kept on mm-hmm. my nose and everything. It's got rid of all the redness. So, you know, there you go. You get more bang for your buck because okay. it is, it's not cheap. Um, and I am going to be very cheeky and ask, when you go to duty free, could you pick me one up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, anybody else got an order? Um, so <laughs> I've got a couple of different colours of the the paint pots like yourself. Oh, yes. And they are really, really good. And they're so, the, the jar's quite chunky. Yeah. So it's, it's quite, it's fairly tactile because yeah. the lid's really smooth. Um, but it's kind of got like a matte texture mm-hmm. and the jars are very smooth glass um, and it's quite heavy so if you drop it you'll hear where it dropped. Yeah. And and the product itself it dries completely matte so yeah. like your makeup underneath it, it doesn't budge and if your makeup on top of it does move you've still got that kind of layer. Exactly. And it is the only, my husband doesn't know that I use this product yes. because he's very pro animal rights and Mac do test on animals which is one However, thing. However. I must tell you. Yes. Don't always trust vegan friendly and cruelty free makeup brands because okay. some makeup brands are only cruelty free if they're not produced in countries that don't support not testing on animals. Mm. Um as far as I know, Kat Von D and Urban Decay and oh god, what's the other one? Revolution. Makeup Geek and Revolution. As far as I know, they are all produced in countries that support not testing on animal um and you know animal rights and things like that however mac certain stores of mac will order from countries where they don't test on animals but the majority are from countries like china um russia places like that where they do so it's all about doing your research but you know you can possibly get away with it um, but I do, I recommend the Painterly Paint Pot and Soft Ochre. They're very good for fair skin tones. But mm, I also I have one so. called Let's Skate. It's like a very opalescent, sparkly one. So that's really, really nice. Mm. Um, but again, it's it's finding what suits you. And I absolutely love it. It's more than just an eye primer. Mm-hmm. I use it on my nose. I've yeah. used it around my lipstick to stop the colour bleeding mm-hmm. out. So it's really, really good. And also... Um, I got speaking to a woman who, she's part sighted but she's very conscious, she has a very large birthmark on her face Mm. and she said I don't like wearing makeup especially since I lost my sight but I would like to cover that up and I said because it's tactile you can put it on with your fingers, put it on with the brush, Mm. then you can just put it all over that and it will not budge, it is waterproof, it's transfer resistant, it's fantastic and she said it changed her life. It is and and you can always tell the difference between wearing a primer under your eyeshadow and not. Definitely. <laughs> um, one of the other things I wanted to mention um, is that Revolution uh, now do um, cushion colour correctors. Um, so they're so tactile oh, yeah. because it's so, it's a really big sponge. And all you have to do <laughs> is just like, because I, I get quite bad redness, I blot it on my chin and my cheeks. And because it's quite it's quite a sticky formula, yeah. you can feel where you need to rub it in. Definitely. Um, for those of you that don't know, the colour corrections are, if you suffer with redness, green, um, if you suffer from sallow skin or um, like yellow looking skin, lavender, or if you have blue tones like the shadows under your eyes, it's orange. Um, however, you can also get one that is yellow and that's more to bring out a highlighter and kind of correct the yeah. skin tone to the rest of your base. Um, but even so, just give it a try, just test it, it's what works for you. There's no real right or wrong answers in makeup. Um, but there is something that I would like to warn people about, because I only found out about it myself recently. Um, me and Laura like using liquid eyeshadow, because it's a lot easier to blend, especially when you can't really see where you need to blend. Um, and a lot of people use liquid lipstick on their eyes, but I have found out you have to be very careful if you are using it, if it's eye safe, because some lipsticks have dyes and an ingredient called Carmin, which is very dangerous to be used around the eye area. I know that all of Jeffree Star products are eye safe, um, all of his liquid lipsticks and highlighters and whatever, 
I'm pretty sure Anastasia Beverly Hills are, but I'm not sure, but they are very um, pricey. Um, I would say if you are in doubt, perhaps go to the counters or do your research online and just find out which ones are eye safe and which ones are not. Um, but just be very, very careful, but experiment as much as you like. But on the back of that, in Poundland, you can now get L'Oreal liquid eyeshadows. You can, and I found one the other day that I don't use, meant to bring it for you, <laughs> and didn't. I got uh, <laughs> bought like a gold one the other day, and I got a, a grey one. Um, mm. I find them perfect for when I just really want yeah. to quickly put some eyeshadow on. Um, and they're really nice shaped brushes, and they are L'Oreal as well, so it's not like a unknown brand yeah definitely because uh, they've actually discontinued them so they have yeah um but you can like laura said you can buy them in poundland you can buy them on ebay and amazon but just be very very careful oh mm -hmm. there is one other thing i wanted to mention um a lot of people i know um disabled people i know use the thing called a radar key it's a huge key it looks like something you wind up a clock with but it lets you into any locked um disabled toilet or changing room um, now my mum said, because my mum lives in sheltered accommodation um, and sometimes there's posters on the wall and she thought she could get them for free, but after speaking to the manager she said you have to go online, fill out a form and you can buy one for £4.50. Mm -hmm. I have found one on Amazon for £3.99 so you can save yourself like 51p. Yeah, radar keys are quite um, easy to get hold of but that's one of the problems because yeah. people who don't actually need to use exactly, disabled yeah. bathrooms can get hold so of them. So please, if you are using it, please be aware that it it is actually meant uh, for certain people it's not meant for everyone to just quickly get to the toilet <laughs> um so try not to advertise it too much as well because i i have known stories of people having their keys nicked for this certain key it's it's stupid really. well i was in um i went to plymouth last week and i was in weatherspoons and their radar key was really big and it had um a big red top with braille on it oh so it was really tactile and it had braille on it oh wow that was braille. yeah i think um i think most of them have braille on it um because drew was showing me his but um i'm not sure if they all do so again just to be very careful yeah. if you're buying it and you're completely blind um and i also got to try out bone conducting headphones for the first time the other day oh yes um they are fairly expensive i have found some for 10 pound but i'm going to check that out because i think it could be too good to be true because all the others were like 38 pound and upwards um, I got to try a friend's bone conducting headphones and the thing is when he handed them to me I could already hear the music coming out of them so I said you know are you sure these aren't just really loud because they're sitting in front of your ear you can still hear them and he said try putting your fingers in your ears and I did and I was like oh my god I can still hear it so I really want mm. one of those yeah. um, it, it would make me feel less vulnerable walking around outside with my headphones on yeah. and, and it's because you hear the music for you if you don't know what bone conduction headphones are they sit in front of your ears on and, your cheekbones as far as I know yeah and the, the music it will play through your bones which sounds yeah. really weird but it's a lot safer if you're using cane and you're, you need to kind of hear yeah. your surroundings because it frees up your ears as well um i used to have a toothbrush like that when i was a, <laughs> when i was a kid and my mum bought me this electric toothbrush and the idea was that when you're brushing your teeth it plays through your teeth mm. so you can hear like hannah montana and justin bieber does um, not surprise me yeah i, I didn't really <laughs> care for it but you know it's the same kind of premise <laughs> um yeah, so I think we've covered all bases, and on that note, I think yeah. we'll say goodbye. Oh, one last shout out to Josh Fian. Um, I don't know if that's how you say his last name, but whatever. He rang me after our last podcast, uh, the one we did around New Year's or Christmas, and he said, I've got a bone to pick with you, and I'm thinking, crap, what have I done? And he said, you said I didn't hug you, will you stop slagging me off on your podcast? And I was like, you know, I only do it just to see if you listen. Um, so yeah, Josh, um, you're a smelly vapour and because I've said that, I will know if you listened. Ha. <laughs> <laughs> so see you later. Yeah, see you soon and good to chat with you all again. Bye. Bye.